Hey, welcome to today's podcast. So as humans, we are going to screw up. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course we are. And our kids are no different. But many of us were raised to hide whatever we messed up with or were struggling with because family and for some of us, religion as well, would shame the shit out of you for it, right? <laughs> For me, it was painful on so many levels to take accountability or ask for help both mentally and physically. And when you're taught to not be able to own the stuff that you do and still be lovable and acceptable, you not only make more mistakes because you don't have the guidance from a trusted adult, but then you carry that bullshit around for decades (laughs) and it creeps conveniently in whenever you go to like try something new. Your your ego holding huge red flags screaming, yeah, yeah, don't do that. Remember when you... (laughs) And what I notice about when I screw up now versus before healing and awakening is that I'm recognizing the shame and guilt loop that we get stuck in and getting myself out of it a lot quicker. And and this is by practicing giving myself compassion and grace when I do screw up. It could be as simple as talking to myself kindly or like a small child. Like, like I will literally say to my, oh, Christina, it's okay, friend. It's okay. It's okay. We are allowed to make mistakes, kid. It's okay. I literally talk myself down like I would a small child. And I don't know if it's just for me, my inner child, or both of us, but it does truly help. And so this train of thought has impacted my lens of other people's mistakes too, especially with my kid. As I healed, I started training myself to do two things. And sometimes it's really hard, but I can already tell the payoff is starting to show with a few things that has happened recently. And he's only six. When my kid does something, like breaks something, spills something, like does something crazy, whatever, even hitting somebody, whatever it is, I put on my best poker face. Oh my God, you got to get this down. And I ignore whatever he just did or just told me. I'm telling you, just we're putting it on the shelf just for now. We'll get back to it later. What I do first is try to not freak out or let it show on my face and then praise him for coming to me and telling me the truth. My main intention is building trust, not teaching the lesson, at least not initially, Um, I decided, this was a huge like realization, I decided that it was most important to have an honest kid versus a good kid. And I put good, like, you know, quote unquote good. And that was so important to me because a kid that would come to me for help and guidance, even when I wasn't thrilled with something, Versus keeping the illusion that my caregivers were all about, (laughs) that they had a perfect kid or some bullshit like that. And it's not that I still didn't mess up. They just didn't know most of the time (laughs) because I hid that shit so well. Well, not from my fabulous subconscious mind. (laughs) I hid it from all of them, but it stays with you. Believe me. 
And because if he's anything like me, oh, he's going to screw up. <laughs> I, got, I got silver and gold medals in this shit. And I don't want him to be afraid to make mistakes like I was due to my trauma. And I would rather he come to me instead of freaking out on his own or even better, getting his friend's input. I can tell you personally how much more awesome whatever was happening originally got when I went to my equally confused friends for help and advice. Oh my God, what a shit show, right? And I'll tell you, it's really tough to do Sometimes I'm freaking out in my head or I'll have like a gut reaction of like, what? But then I check myself very quickly and I tell him, you will never be in trouble for telling me the truth if something happens. And I mean it. I have been building trust that it's okay to make mistakes and that he can come to me. And this might just be some like little things when they're younger, like, did you spill that on the floor? You're not in trouble. I need to know so I can help you figure out what to do about it. And then when you keep doing this, they will start telling you things because they're not fearing your reaction anymore. So the other day, my mom noticed that her like scented, she had like a scented candle melt thingy. It was broken. She looks at me and then she looks at my kid and I was like, oh shit, you know, I knew it was probably him. I had a feeling, but I I just wanted to see what would happen. So she asked him about it and he was like, no, Nani. And I was like, hmm. I go, do you know what thing Nani is talking about? Because my mom looked super annoyed, like, see, I knew it. Yeah. And his face told me that he didn't know what she was talking about. So I said to him, follow me and I'll show you. And he's just walking over. Like I could tell he wasn't like, you know, it's so funny. Like my mom, like always thinks like somebody's up to something probably because like, she's probably always up to something, (laughs) but like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just like, okay, like maybe he really doesn't know. So we go into the other room and I show him and he looks at it and he goes, oh, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I told so-and-so there was another family member watching him at the time and she left and we forgot to tell you guys. There it was. There it was. And my mom wanted to flip out when he said he did that. And I stopped her real quick. And I thanked him right in front of her for being honest and telling the truth. He wasn't trying to cover it up. He was honest and he owned it without the shame and guilt loop that I still fight to get out of when I mess up. This takes practice. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's silly. Like (laughs) my kid goes, mom, I like to pick my nose and eat it. Oh my God. In my head, I was like, oh my God, don't do that. That's disgusting. That's shame. (laughs) What did he see? Poker face. Oh, really? Why? I like salty things. Ah, I get that. So here's the thing. If something's trying to come out of your body and then mixes with the germs from your hands and then you put it back into your body, I don't think our body likes that very much. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
So how about we go have a food with salt on it instead, like avocado with salt or pretzels? Yeah, that sounds a lot better, huh? (laughs) So here's when I started seeing the payoff. Um, The other day, he saw a little keychain on the front lawn of a house when we were walking the dog. We walked by. And I wanted to see what he would do. So I kept walking. And a little bit later, he ran up to me and was like, Mom, I took this. And he shows me the keychain. I was actually having a really tough time with this one. My ego was screaming in my head. Oh my God, you stole something? What is wrong with you? And it just dawned on me why I think I had such a strong reaction um, to this compared to the other things like breaking things. My former step-parent used to steal money from me when I was a kid. Like whatever I got for my birthday or Christmas, I would hide it. And she always somehow found that shit. Like, I don't, like, I'm talking like inside the bottom of a teddy bear, like insane. And she always freaking found it, bro. And so like, damn, like there, there it was, you know, like, because here's the thing I've talked about this before. If there is a big reaction, like from, you know, the thing you are reenacting something from the past. Wow. That like makes a lot of sense now. Right. Always a work in progress. So now back to what did he see? Poker face. And I actually asked him to give me a second so that I could recenter and get better awareness of my response. Like I I felt I felt it. I felt it coming. So then once I was okay, I said to him, "Why did you do that, buddy?" Not accusatory, just curious what he would say. He said that, oh, it was just left out front, so he thought nobody cared, and I was like, thank you for telling me the truth. You're always safe to tell me the truth, buddy. And I said, I get what you're saying. I do. I get that. But unless something is out where like the garbage is, then we have to ask if we can have something. So if they're not there, like nobody's around, we have to wait until we can ask permission. And another idea is that you can just ask me if maybe we can get one of those of our own if it's something that you really like. Okay? So here's how we'll handle it. I'll let you play with it for a little bit since we're already down the street. And on our next walk, we will put it back and look for one of our own if you really like it. Deal? Deal. There it is. No shaming. Still got the lesson once we establish trust and feeling safe enough to bring that to me. My parents would have lost it and basically turned him into a six-year-old bank robber. And guess what? doesn't help anything because shame just keeps the awful story on repeat and it changes nothing except for you feeling like crap. And when someone says that kind of shit enough, you repeat it in your head and then you start to believe it's true that you're a terrible person, that you're a thief, whatever, enter whatever it is someone said to you as a kid, right? So like accidents, mistakes, not so hot decisions are going to happen. We're human, especially kids that are just learning how to operate in this world. 
But if you want them to bring the really crazy stuff to you later in life and pick themselves back up from a crappy turn, you got to practice this now and build the foundation. And here is the ultimate reframe that I tell myself. The more cringy stuff they bring you, the better you parented them. I know you think like you screwed up, right? Because they're even like bringing this to you. No, you created safety and acceptance, which won't make them perfect, but will make them better humans in the long run. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I am sending you so much love as always. I'll see you on the next one, friend.